I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive? I got expensive, cause when is expensive? I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting down stars. And welcome to, to this episode of Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill, and we are going to spend the next 26 minutes talking about freight sales and about closing deals and about starting businesses in the height of the pandemic. I have a special guest coming on in just a few minutes, Tom Grandy. He's the founder of a Vettery up in Ontario, Canada. We're going to talk a little bit about cross-border freight as well and see what the sales cycle and the sales process is. It's a little bit different for cross-border freight than it is for, say, regular freight, dry van freight going from Chicago to Atlanta. I kind of, that's how I became a broker, or kind of my first job as a broker. I did a lot of cross-border stuff in, the, in and out of Canada, in and out of Mexico, and it's a little bit different. It's a nice little niche, and we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit. But first, I'm going to start talking about a uh, a couple of articles from from Inc. Magazine uh, that I've, I've perused over the last uh, week, and a couple of them are, you know, the they are very interesting, very good advice, really. And, and the first one is uh, a coverage of a Harvard, I think it was a Harvard uh, study, uh, talking about how to be more likable. And as salespeople, we want to be more likable. And one of the there's one thing you can do to, to make yourself much more likable, and that is ask questions, ask follow-up questions. People like to talk about themselves. So if you want to be more likable, you actually speak less about yourself, less about your opinions, less about your interjections. Think about that less and think more about just asking follow-up questions. Question after question, please explain more. Uh, get people to open up and talk, and that makes you much more likable than droning on and on uh, about yourself. So let other people drone on and on about themselves. You become more likable. Uh, if you drone on and on about yourself, then unless someone's asking you questions, um, then you become, I guess, less likable in, in, in a lot of ways. And um, the, the second one here is is a really interesting one about skill and talent. And we talked about that a lot Um Saw that in Super Bowl, skill versus talent, and definitions of that. And I find that it makes a lot of sense, right? So skill is something that's learnable. And skill, so skill is something that is learnable. Talent is just the rate at which you can acquire a particular skill. So some people pick up skills a little bit faster than others, depending on the, the situation. So for, so for some people... They might lack a little talent in math, so it takes them longer to pick that up. But you can always acquire those skills, maybe not at the heights and levels of a pro athlete or uh, a mathematician or an engineer, uh, but there is always room uh, to, to grow. So I, I just found those two articles uh, very interesting. You can go to Inc. Magazine and, and check those out. The first one was New Cognitive Research Shows. Gaining knowledge and achieving mastery comes down to the rule of seven. While talent matters, the good news is we all learn at basically the same rate and can learn anything we want. So if you want to go out and learn a new skill, maybe a sales skill, then you can learn it. You don't have to be a talented, natural-born salesperson. I don't think that those even exist. Uh, you learn your craft, do your education, do your reading, 
uh, do your practice, do your role playing, and you can acquire those new skills to close more deals, make more money, and have a more enjoyable life. Really, the more successful you are, the more enjoyable uh, life is in, on on many levels. So that's my uh, reading that I did this week that I'm going to share with you before we bring in Tom Grandy. He's the uh, the founder and general manager over at Vettery, and we are going to talk about sales Canadian style. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Good to see you. So uh, let's start out with um, you know a little bit about Vettery and what, what the name really means. Um, well, the, the name itself, uh, I have, uh, an Italian wife and, uh, <clears throat> she, uh, her mother is actually from Italy and Vittori, uh, means carrier in Italian. So that's kind of where we got the name from on that. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. I, I would have never have, have guessed that whatsoever, that Vettori means carrier in Italian and, and that's how the name came about. Yeah. Yeah. So a l- little interesting backstory on that one. Yeah, and you're located in Ontario. Is it around the Toronto area? It, yeah, right? so we're located in uh, London, Ontario, uh, which is basically <clears throat> right in the center between Detroit and Toronto. So we're two hours e- either way. Cool. Yeah. So, so two then, of the major crossings right there. Yeah. Yeah. So Buffalo, Detroit, and then obviously the Toronto area is a big market for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you started Vettery when May 2020. So yeah, it was May of uh, 2020, um, essentially right in the height of the pandemic. Um, I was um, previously working with uh, a- another 3PL, and um, I just I had I'd seen opportunities um, inside the market, and I had worked with um, uh, C.H. Robinson years ago as well, and then uh, was working in a manufacturing environment, um, handling the transportation, and just by um handling the logistics myself and 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 seeing all the service failures that were coming by and and whatnot um i really thought there was an opportunity uh in the marketplace for for someone like us i could step in and kind of um uh put 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 an end to all the service failures um mainly the communication um things of that nature while things are in transit um, proper updates. Um, so I, I just saw a good opportunity for us to uh, to jump into the market. Yeah, it's it's we always talk about you know walking a mile in someone else's shoes, and I, I was kind of a hybrid shipper position about halfway through my brokerage career, um, and then I started selling two freight brokers, which I've done that job in in the past, and it gives you mm-hmm. a whole new perspective and this in-depth knowledge of how the system works. And I think it improves the sales game so much. You, you see people who who start off in, in one industry and then they flip to selling to that same industry. And it just gives mm-hmm. you, it, it gives you a leg up on experience and the, the skills you need to, to really go out and communicate with uh, that, that group of prospects or, or clients. Yeah, I think it definitely gives you an upper hand when you have the opportunity um, to have worked inside another industry, um, kind of, you know, you've seen how the day-to-day operations work. You've been on the plant floor. Um, you've talked to your shippers and receivers. Um, you, you, you find out all the different pain points from just how they deal with the trucks coming in and out all day long. Um, and, and, you know, you're not just hearing it thir- uh, third hand or, or what have you. Um, so it definitely, I think, um, helped me put in perspective what is 
most important to shippers. Um, and I think that a, a lot of the the companies that we do work with, especially manufacturers, um, appreciate the fact that you know I do have firsthand knowledge um, being in their position. And um, you know I think that it's it, it's really helped us in, in regards to developing uh, long lasting relationships with these manufacturers. Yeah, I think one of the most awkward questions, you know, what are your pain points? What keeps you up at night? You know, trying to define and discover those. Uh, you can probably pick those. If you've been in that seat long enough, you can switch sides or, or flip positions, right? And just by the, the tone of conversation and, and maybe a little clues in the in in, in words or, or phrases or just walking, if you have the chance to, to walk through the, the floor and see the operations, you can probably identify yep. a lot of those pain points and and go in that way because they become obvious because you've you've been in that position, you know that that general process of how a manufacturer works, and you can just you can basically guess it, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I do think that um, you know when we're meeting with prospects, they, they again they do appreciate the fact that you know we do have firsthand knowledge, um, and um, like I said, it, I think it does you know give us a leg up on the competition, um, uh, being able to see it firsthand and 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 really understand what the pain points are, and not just in manufacturing, but all all, all types of industries, whether you're a distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or you're, you work in retail, anything like that. So it, it, it definitely helps us and, and it helps create an urgency with our team, um, just knowing exactly what they are going through. So it's not, you know, we're not just, um, and we do often ask our customers, uh, you know, to pop in and meet with them and then have plant tours, that kind of thing, and, and get to know the actual shippers and receivers. And, and it shows, um, you know, how much we care about their business and, and that we want to do right by them. Yeah, so it shows you care, you want to do right. Whenever you you really got the idea of, I'm going to go out on my own, I'm going to start my own brokerage, what was the, the, the one core idea or big idea, the one problem they're like, I, I can solve this, what what am I doing here? I can go out and solve this right now, you know, that, that real core theme. What was that? Um. I would say the um, so when I was de- when I was working at the manufacturing facility, um, I, I you know I was kind of banging my head off the wall a lot of the times. And what we were doing is we were um, importing a lot of textiles from um, the southern states, Georgia, South Carolina, that type of thing, um, and bringing it into London, Ontario. Um, now during seasons where the produce season in the southern states are booming, um, you know rates would go through the roof. Uh, availability was very tough, so we needed material at a certain time. And we, you know, uh, we, using the brokers that we had, it was you know the rates were always the, never consistent. Um, the communication um, was fairly poor, and the um, the transit times were 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 never you know what they said they were going to be. Um, so, you know, typically it's a, it's a two-day transit if it's in the Atlanta area to get up to London, Ontario, one to two days. And oftentimes, just to source a truck, I was finding that it was taking, you know, what should take a few hours was taking a day or two type thing. So um, that, was, that was one of the main, main issues. And then the other thing is, when I, especially when I was working in the larger brokerages, uh, I found that customers more or less seem to just become a, a, a number. Um, 
and you know we weren't getting to know what was most important to our customers and you know how we could help add value to their business um so with that being said um you know i felt that we could add a serious improvement in service and the biggest thing is, is communication obviously um so you know we we don't uh if we do have a problem that comes up you know the first thing we do is we diagnose the situation find a solution to that problem and then update our customers uh, accordingly as to what's going on so we don't just you know report to them and say hey look here's the problem um and, and we'll let you know what, what happens no we we you know here's what the issue is here's our solution here's when we're going to be back up and running and, and that kind of thing so communication and letting our customers know that you know we're there to support their business and do everything we can um uh, to do that uh is what we're going to do so you know it it was just an overall service thing and, and being able to find and work with the right carriers on a regular basis is what has helped our business grow um, and, and be able to support uh, the companies that we have in place. We're on, on the transit side, transit times and things on uh, from, from the Southern States. Was that when you were a manufacturer, were you going through 3PLs or freight brokers to just source those trucks or is that something that Correct. you're doing? Yeah on your own um so that so i that company we work with now is a, is a customer of ours now um so we're, but when i was doing it i was doing it at the manufacturing facility um and dealing with the brokers we had in place it, and we had like boutique brokers as well as um the, the large ones as well and you know service uh, just wasn't there. Um, and especially, so it's, it wasn't dedicated freight, but it was, uh, you know, a couple times a month pulling out of, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, those types of things. And, um, you know, they would have to, you know, rarely was the same carrier doing the, the same load twice, that kind of thing. Um, so it was always a different driver who didn't know the specifics about the business. Like, even though we relayed the information to the broker, um, you know, like if we had, to, if we said, you know, the driver needs to back in from from the street rather than driving in, uh, you know, uh, just pulling in, then, you know, nine times out of 10, that information was missed from the broker relaying it to the carrier, that type of thing. So it, 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 it the communication and, and service, I can't preach that enough here. And what we do is uh, we, we really take the time, you know, to get all the details in place for all of our customers, all of our prospects and, and let them know that, you know, we don't try and push you in one direction or the other. We'll give you uh, um, our suggestions, but we certainly don't push anyone into into doing things a certain way. So you tell us how you want it done. You know, if we f see a couple areas where we could add value or we see ways to make it a little bit more efficient, we will speak up, obviously. But um, if we um, we we listen to what the what the customers and the prospects have to say, and you know. We, we will get the job done ex exactly the way that they want to do it. And if there's any issues, you know, uh, we will bring it up to them right away. Exactly. Exactly. Do you find um, selling to, to Canadian companies a little bit different than, than U.S. companies or is it about the same sales process? Um, yeah, no, I would, I would say that it's generally the same sales process. Um, and a lot of what we, a lot of companies that we still work with in Canada um, have you know their their head office or or they, the decision makers are in the United States, so we are very familiar with both. Um, um, so I wouldn't, I, to be honest, I wouldn't say that there's a huge difference there. Okay, 
I, I, I never found the, the, a huge difference myself. There's, you know, I, I talked talk to a lot of Canadian companies. I, I did a lot of cross-border freight as a freight broker, uh, too. And there, there's something really nice about cross-border. Um, Canada's a little mm-hmm. bit generally easier than, than Mexico, but I, I did quite a bit of both. But it is a, a nice niche that not everyone knows about. And do, do you still find that that's true today, that uh, a lot of domestic freight brokers really, that they don't know how to move goods in and out of Canada and that's a, a good market to be in? It's certainly a good market to be in. Um, now, <clears throat> I don't know if they have trouble with it necessarily. I just find mm-hmm. that they might have trouble, you know, doing what they say they're going to do. Um, and from, you know, having conversations with the shippers, um, you know, they seem to get over-promised, under-delivered quite a bit. Um, everyone seems to have generally the same type of complaints, whether it's with a broker or an asset-based carrier. And that's, um, <laughs> it, it, I, I know I keep saying this, but communication. Um, communication is king in this industry. And a lot of people don't like, or don't want to be able, or don't want to deliver um, bad news. However, uh, as you know, we're in transportation and things happen. So, um, you know, the best thing that we can do is be honest with our when when things don't go perfect, um, and and make sure that we're one step ahead of it. So we have to be proactive in every aspect of our business um, to keep our customers and 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 to get new ones. We it's it and we're upfront with them when we meet with them face to face. We let them know like, hey, look. You know, we are in the the, the transportation industry, and the, and the you know things do go sideways at times. Um, and every every chipper receiver does know that. Um, so we're upfront with them and just let them know our action plan when things do go, so that they know that if something does go wrong, this is how it's going to be handled, and they um, you know they they feel like they've put their business in good hands. Yeah, I, th- I think you have a lot of inexperienced freight brokers out there who try to, to to make sales by pretending that nothing goes wrong. But about ninety percent of a being a freight broker is delivering bad news because things go wrong mm-hmm. all the time. And I used to call it my get out of jail free card is is just by communicating as fast as as possible. I learned those lessons and I started communicating as fast as possible, and it would quell the situation and. Uh, no matter what happened, as long as I, I communicated very quickly, uh, things would return to normal at some point after that load, right? And hopefully that load doesn't drag on for weeks. Um, but uh, it, it was always my get out of jail free card is what I called it. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like I was in that position too, right? Where people weren't telling me the accurate information or telling me in a timely mm-hmm. manner. And it, it's extremely frustrating and you're, you're way... Uh, more willing to be accepting of the issue and, and understanding if you were, you, you're told up front and, and, you know, you're not given the runaround. That's the other thing is, uh, you know, we find with, with carriers and, and that we use, um, you know, if they, if they don't want to work the way that we need them to in regards to proper updates, um, tracking information, um, if they get bothered by, we, we, we're very upfront with every carrier as we bring them on, letting them know our expectations. Um, and then we, you know, we do have an internal scoring system and we do pretty well have a two strike rule, um, because I find that, and I found that if, you know, if one thing happens and then we let them know, like, look, this particular situation can't happen again, or we're going to have to suspend business. Right, but, um, 
so that's what we typically do. If it happens twice, then then we we cut our ties with that particular carrier. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good rule to go by. It, it is, and in developing that consistent core group of carriers is something that uh, makes a, a broker sustainable uh, over the long term. When it came to opening your doors, May of 2020, height of pandemic, um, the the height of the pandemic, not necessarily at that time frame there, but but over the last almost two years now, what's been kind of uh, your your biggest challenge or your biggest challenge, your biggest biggest success that they oftentimes go hand in hand? Um, well, the or the most surprising thing that you never really knew that you needed to know, and you found out that you needed to know. Um, I, well, I, to be honest, I think that the, the, the biggest challenge, um, especially the, for the year of 2022, uh, was uh, hiring the right people. Um, so that was something new to me. Um, so I kind of learned on the fly with that. And um, we've got an excellent group of people working at Vittori now um, that I couldn't be more proud of. Um, that, you know, give their best efforts that day in and day out. And uh, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, but yeah, I would say, especially due to COVID, um, uh, a lot, it, it was very, a lot of people didn't want to work. Um, and uh, people, you know, I, I don't necessarily even look for people that have logistics experience. Um, but and most of the the staff that's here did not prior to coming here, um, but h- hiring I think was was the biggest learning curve for me. Um, but for, as of, as it stands right now, I couldn't be more happy with with, with the people that we have on hand. Well, don't feel alone in that because I, I think that is a, a constant theme with new entrepreneurs and old entrepreneurs, it doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. is that you know how to, to communicate to customers, you know how to move freight, you know how to do all these things, and then other parts of the business that uh, pop out that that you don't really have any experience in. And mm-hmm. hiring the right people is one of the most important things that, that a business needs to operate successfully over the long term. But it is one of those things that really no one is prepared to, to to know the process and how that, that works and identify uh, people who can pick up the right skills because it is something that a lot of us don't have experience in. Right. I agree with you. And, and I think from an operational standpoint, the biggest learning curve was um, building our business to the point where we can say that we're available 24-7, 365. Um, you know, that was one thing that I learned very quickly is that it's, you know, you know, I knew in entrepreneurship, it's going to be um, a 24 seven type of job anyway, with all the back end work you have to do in that, but being able to actually be there and, and support um, your customer's business, you know, whether it's 9am on a Sunday or, you know, 6pm on a Tuesday type thing, uh, you, you, we've got to be ready. So that, that was mm-hmm. one thing that I, I took some time to get adjusted to and, and building a team that that we can you know stand on our two feet here and say hey look if you need anything whether it be uh, uh, you know one pallet picked up on, on a Sunday morning or, or or air freight from Germany we'll make sure that we get it done for you um, so that was one of the the most important things that I was looking for when looking for employees and um, you know I'm proud to say that we're, we're the go to team when you need anyone twenty four seven we're we're uh, we're available for you. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Tom, thanks for stopping by. Put that coffee down uh, today. Uh, for our audience to reach out to you, I, I guess LinkedIn is probably a, a great place to do it. Uh, what's your website? Uh, Vittoriinc.com. So and that's V-E-T-O-R-I. Yeah, I-N-C.com. And yep, I'm on LinkedIn and feel free to reach out to me anytime. And I certainly appreciate you having me on and taking the time to speak with me, Kevin. You bet. Anytime, Tom. Thanks. Uh, thanks again. And uh, have a great one. Okay. You too. Take care. You bet. So that was uh, Tom Grandy. He's general manager, founder of, of Vittori up in Ontario, Canada. Um, it's it's always interesting, you know, working as a shipper or working in an industry, then flipping around and selling to that. It does get, it gives you a, a lot of great experience, a lot of great uh, talking points and, uh, it just uh, builds a, a closer connection. Um, I have a few audio-only podcasts out. You can go download those wherever you download. Bart DeMonk, Jason Rabin, Andy Hedrick, Reed Clements. They're all there. But that's going to wrap it for this. Put that coffee down. See you next week. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expenses because wind is expensive. I got expenses because wind is expensive. I've been getting out of work. I've been shutting down the stars.